Some aspects look like we're really ready to play. A couple of other aspects look like we just got off Willie Nelson's tour bus. People will come, Ray. Maximizing our collective understanding. Do you know who I am? I am the one who knocks. Get the phone out. This is the Brian Suits Show. Go or diggers. AM 770 KTTH. Good morning, Ron. It's a, uh, it's a five-day week for us uh, here on KTTH. And because uh, that guy, that dude who said we just got off Willie Nelson's uh, tour bus, he was the coach for the Montana State School of Mines, right? I the, believe that's correct. The or digger. Very quotable guy. <laughs> not a great, you don't know his name, not a great football coach, but that's the point. Very quotable guy. <clears throat> um, all kinds of stuff we'll get to. We will get to... The, I went out on a, on a far, far limb to predict that uh, Donald Trump would win in South Carolina. And uh, as, as we uh, checked the headlines, turns out he did. And so is it over for Nikki Haley? We'll get into uh, that. And is it over for Gavin Newsom? Oh, hell no. Uh, but the real question is, I was force-fed on Sunday morning because due to a wacky series of, of coincidences, uh, the Starlink stopped. And that's the crazy part. It wasn't because of a, a, a net outward or a network uh, outage on the part of Elon, but that a whole bunch of his satellites, me included, they have two positions. They have the storage, drive around. You know, like the, there's a plan where you're like an RV gamer and you go around uh, Grand Canyon and you, t you live Twitch that you're gaming on the edge of the Grand Canyon thanks to Starlink. Well, that's one billing plan. And if you have that, it will, from time to time, just stow. It'll it'll move your satellite into the stow position, not the deployed looking for a satellite. We have internet. Well, I found out the hard way on Friday night that I had I when I got on the fast track to get the thing. Well, over a year ago now, I lied and said I want the RV uh, one. Okay, it's not it's not a lie. You're not breaking the law with with Starlink. But I got the saddle instead of waiting eight months, I, I called on Monday or I, I went online on Monday and said, yeah, I want, I want to start your service. Uh, I'm in an RV. And I had it by Wednesday. I had my my epic unboxing video, I think, on Instagram where I opened the box. And there it was. It was pretty. I'm making fun of you unboxers. It was pretty funny. I got it, I must say. And so uh, anyway, bottom line, no Internet uh, over the weekend. Elon. Yeah. Elon and customer service and talk to any Tesla owner when your Tesla has a software problem that can't be fixed over the air, OTAR, or it has to physically go in. That's when you regret buying a Tesla. Well, let me tell you about Starlink. I, I love it. And I unequiv uh, an unequivocal, unreserved, you know, endorsement. If it, if it works for you, if you're rural, you know, then I, I highly recommend it. Um, but when there's a problem, when it goes, I mean, literally sideways, when it stows, uh, I, on Friday at 6 p.m., th there's nothing to do. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't throw people under the bus. I am not, if I don't like a mechanic or a restaurant, I'm not going to say their name, but if I don't like it, I don't like it. And that's the entire point of a review, um, is as a, that's why I don't do the, like so-and-so, uh, you know, outerwear or whatever. Oh, we'll send you a selection of our stuff. You know, what do you, I don't do that because you're obligated. And you see that in the sporting and the outdoors industry. There's a virtually people feel a obligation to review it well or else they're not going to get another one. So I always pay for it. I always go to the, I always pay at the restaurant I'm at. 
So that being said, um, it, it, you know, it's not, I think it's unfair if you say, hey, I'm the restaurant critic for the Seattle Times and I'll be, I'll be by on Thursday at 5.15 p.m. They're, they're going to make sure you have the absolute best, you know, service, uh, the best server, the best cook. They're all going to be there. So anyway, I don't do that. So uh, unidentified place uh, yesterday, my review, <laughs> I took a, took a selfie at this place. You want to hear my, would you go to this restaurant, Greg? <clears throat> Are you ready? I'm ready. I only come here to remind myself that it sucks now. That's my review. <laughs> Close quote. Nice. There you go. It gets right to the point. Yeah, and I paid. I I, I, I paid and I left. Brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, did you miss it? I only come here to remind myself that it sucks now. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Um, same company, different restaurant in Centralia. I, I go there every weekend. Um, but it, uh, they've really revived, same, but same company, different restaurant. Well, you know, our, our governor is uh, really concerned about uh, Ukraine. Uh, did you see the groundbreaking uh, House bill that was passed, I think, on the Senate last week about octopus farming? Yeah. Big time. In, um, in Washington? I missed that one. We are going to be a trendsetter. I just, I pray to Odin that uh, the 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 great governor stop the with these distractions that that he's that he's distracted on ending octopus farming in the state of Washington. Not acceptable. But, but speaking of not acceptable, yeah, here's this. There's a city in Ukraine right now. It's meanwhile in Yakima, coming surrounded by Russian troops, and they simply don't have the artillery shells. And the reason they don't is because the Republican Party won't stand up for democracy and give the Ukrainian people a chance to defend themselves. It's un By the way, oh, I cut him off. Demonstrable lie. That was a Democrat talking point uh, last week. And give the Ukrainian people a chance to defend themselves. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I'm calling on Congresswoman McMorris Rogers to stand up on her two feet against Vladimir Putin and against Donald Trump and help the people of Ukraine defend... Well, I'm calling on you to stop octopus farming in the state of Washington. By, by the way, what's the argument against it? I I find delicious cooked or raw octopus to be a, a delight. I understand that big time. Ever had that, uh, that pre-sushi salad in the vinaigrette as cucumber and squid or octopus? Maybe once. Yeah, with a chop success. I love that stuff. You got to beat that octopus for like an hour, though, to really yeah. soften <clears throat> it up because that's tough. Is, is that, is that what, why they don't <laughs> farm it or something? I don't, I don't get it. But I'm talking ahead of myself. Let's uh, get, it's going to be a long week, and let's start it off with a long montage. He said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angels, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do, and we do well to remember. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. Hello, is anybody home? Where is the accountability? This is city land. Trust me, I know the Mishigash. At the end of the day, not only has this train left the station. It's unacceptable. He even said that Poland attacked Russia during World War II. What is he talking about? This is a bad neighborhood that we live in. <laughs> 
Wow. You got that right, sister. It is. Uh, I, uh, over the weekend, a, a handgun homicide, one dead, two wounded in Pioneer Square. Also, it would appear to that you should stay off 3rd Avenue, like around 3rd and Pinish, because now, second weekend in a row, there's a serial stabber. And, man, I got to say, there's a visceral fear in humans' eyes. Uh, when, I mean, just the idea of getting stabbed or burning myself alive. So, anyway, the, yeah, there were, there were two different stabbings. Sounds like two, two different men in their 20s. That's all we can get, by the way, for a description. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, so what do, what do we think about the guy, this guy, Aaron Bushnell, who described himself and has been confirmed evidently a active duty a listed member of the U.S. Air Force. I mean, I, I, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I'm just going to tell you: if you whip yourself into a frenzy and, and you're calling what's going on in Gaza uh, and calling the Israelis colonizers, and you go and immolate yourself using that term, um, I think you've been brainwashed. I'm not like by, someone who's not been by the Air Force. A lot of MSNBC on the weekends. Yeah, believe me, not not by the Air Force hasn't. Uh, and and that you when you spin into that, that somehow the Air Force is the U.S. Air Force is complicit in genocide in Gaza. It's just uh, I'm going to take a wild stab and say there may have been longer term deep seated problems. Um, and if if that's the the the, the thing that. I guess over the top, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, a guy walked to a driveway with a gate in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C., and he took an accelerant, probably gasoline, in a, out of a thermos flask, and he and he, he live-streamed it. He had the camera on a tripod so that he could set it. He was, he's walking, um, and, and he says, uh, I'm an active-duty member of the... No. I am an active-duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I mean, I if I was there, I would have said, you haven't been. You're not now, and you haven't been. But he sets it down, and then without a hat on, he covers, he, he upends the thermos flask with the accelerant, and then he plants his hat on his head, and fumbles with the match, and by that point, it's it's flowing off of him, and it's made a pool by his feet. And then he lights it, lights it on the ground, and I mean, it's and then he remains standing. Did you see any of the video? I saw a picture. He, That's all I could. Stomach. He says "Free Palestine," then he starts screaming "Free Palestine," and it, it's then and then he's standing. For about forty-five seconds, and then then falls over. And I'm I haven't seen an official thing, but I, I believe he has expired. But I mean, it's a really horrible way to go. And I don't find myself inspired to research anything about that because I don't think there's anything I'm I'm missing in the entire conflict. It's just that I'm wild stab. Um, not his first brush with you know. It's not commitment. That's mental illness. That's. I mean, that, that's a spectacular suicide, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, when mm. I saw this picture of this guy on social media and the subsequent story, it actually jogged my memory back to 2011, 
President Obama was giving remarks about the Middle East and North Africa, and he relayed this story uh, where he says the story of self-determination began six months ago in Tunisia. On December 17th, a young vendor named Mohamed Bouzizi was yeah, the street guy when a police officer confiscated his cart. After local officials refused to hear his complaints, this young man, who had never been particularly active in politics, went to the headquarters of the provincial government, doused himself in fuel, and lit himself on fire. There are times in the course of history when the actions of ordinary citizens spark movements for change because they speak to a longing for freedom. Can we not glorify or justify this type of protest? Setting yourself on fire? Yeah, and the guy kind of, sort of inspired the Arab Spring. Uh, I don't know, but regardless, this is a sickening, disgusting display. I mean, and it should never be romanticized or used as a legit means to spark a movement. I hate to say this, but I mean, it's no skin off my nose. I'm just telling you, folks, it, it's a bad way to go. And, yeah, and it indicates. The worst. Yeah, like in the case of the street vendor guy, you know, later on, his family said, yeah, he ain't been right since the squirrel bit him. Right. You know, there's something wrong with There is something wrong with you. Uh, about that, because because you know, like you say, it, it's a it's not it's not suicide. It's you, you're you're kind of Joan of Arcing it, you know. I mean, literally, Joan of Arcing it. Like, go ahead, tie me to that stake. Go ahead, do your worst. And by the way, it's no guarantee you die either. Yeah. Um, and the the really weird thing, and this is the 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 maybe nature's way of being merciful about a third degree burn. <clears throat> um, your your nerves are burned off. That's why you can stand there yelling and apparently making you know rational you know uh, epithets like free Palestine because your nerves burn off. You don't know you're burning. I mean, you you do know because of the and also in this guy's case is you know it, it, the flames were covering his face. Just a bad way to go. And I'm not and and there's so many people on Twitter right now. By the way, who are like oh bl- rest in power, bless his memory. And and the whole thing, and I, I'm like, really? Have you seen the people that Hamas burned to death in their car? I bet they didn't want to go that way uh, either. Um, so uh, Caitlin Clark, okay, let I recognize the skills. You you acknowledge the skills? Uh, the shooter, the female basketball player. <laughs> sure. I clarified real quick. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, great, tremendous skills. Um, and, 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 and I felt like I was waiting for somebody who's related in the sports uh, world that I was watching the story about. She's, she's closing in on the all time NCAA scoring record held by this one LSU guy by the name of Pete Maravich known as pistol Pete Maravich. Is this a hot conservative sports take? It really, it's an angry hot conservative uh, sports take. I I think it dishonors her because by the way, There's two eras in MLB. There's some would say pre-merger, pre-MLB, uh, you know, American National. Some would say pre-free agent, um, post-free agent. Um, you have that debate. I couldn't care less. And then there's pre-merger NFL, post-merger. You know, in other words, pre-Super Bowl. You know, post-Super Bowl. Okay, college basketball neatly falls into two eras. Dose and trace. Know what I'm saying? If Pete Mar- if somebody made a AI program to go back on as much Pete Maravich highlights that you can find of him at LSU in the 60s and put up a computer-generated three-point line, all right? I'm just saying it's really unfair to compare someone 
who's a great shooter with access to the three-point line with someone who did not play during the three-point era. The three-point era really is like 87, 87, 88. Um, I mean, if Steve Kerr had a three-point line at Arizona, you know, he, he'd have been Steph Curry. Uh, but it wasn't until he got to the NBA. And I mean, I, I just, I think, I mean, I mean, and if I say that, I just don't want women to succeed in sports or something. Someone's going to say, say something like that. And I'm like, no, no, I, I want to keep men out of women's sports. Okay. I want to support Title IX. All right. I, I, I like seeing competitive uh, uh, women throwing elbows. Um, I, I mean, that's great. I, 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 more women should be compelled to play team sports in middle school, junior high or whatever, and play hard. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it's not anti-feminine to be angry at your opponent. And that's why I like uh, the, the women's uh, basketball. And she's very, very good. But she is playing against other women, and she's gifted in that, uh, in that neighborhood. She's taller and bigger and stronger, and she has a three-point line. So, so there I am. Misogynist denounces women's sports on AM seventy seven seventy KTTH. That's how that's uh, going to go down. Wow. I guess. Well, <clears throat> you wanna you wanna hear the future. Um, no matter how hard you pray that Gavin Newsom goes away, when they trot him out, it means that something has happened. There's a disturbance in the force. Um, they that they've determined. Uh, and Biden stumbling through a quote and stuff like that uh, that I put there in the uh, a morning montage, uh, that was Saturday, that he even looked down and said, I have to get this right, and then he still screwed it up. Well, that plus the fact that uh, Nikki Haley uh, got 40%. She was supposed to get 5% or 0%, but she got 40%. So what that indicates is, well, Trump has the nomination, but will he win the general? If that many Republicans don't vote for him in a primary, are they going to vote for him in the uh, in the real race? Today in South Carolina, we're getting around 40 percent of the vote. And by the way, th th there was loud cheering from her acolytes. I just cut it for the sake of uh, time. And then I jumped in and wasted that time explaining that. That's that's about what that's about what we got in New Hampshire too. So anyway, bottom line, she's carving off a lot of people that are just never Trump, okay? And also, when you when you ask uh, the general consensus of Republicans, what if Trump uh, is has a conviction for one of the criminal things on documents, or whatever, and then suddenly um, only fifty nine percent of Republicans say, yeah, I'd vote for him. So in other words, forty one percent say, no, I wouldn't. Okay, so so that that plus the fact that Biden is about to possibly underwhelm um, and 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 lose to uncommitted in Michigan's primary tomorrow um, in a in a area around Detroit that he has to win to win Michigan and that Gretchen Whitmer can't deliver Michigan because there's so much uh, there's so much uh, Palestinian and and Arab dislike of Biden there's so much anybody but Biden and it's funny because. Because uh, someone said, oh, I, bet you, I bet you RFK does really well there. And I said, he hasn't visited Michigan. And why would he? And they're, and they're like, well, why wouldn't he? And I went, you know who killed his dad? <laughs> you, you, know, I, you know, we all have short memories. I, I Granted, 1968 is a long way back. I, I don't remember this you know, either. But a Palestinian guy killed his dad. He's in, he's in 
uh, I think he's in uh, Corcoran in the uh, Caldock. He's he's still in prison. Sirhan Sirhan's still alive and still being denied parole. But so anyway, RFK hasn't faced voters uh, in Detroit because he's very, very committed to his constituents and check writers in um, Santa Monica uh, and uh, Beverly Hills, uh, we'll say. And so his desire about what Palestinians want out of a president really has largely been satisfied, I, I believe. So I'm just saying, might, might or might not uh, make a difference, but I wouldn't hold my breath. But anyway, Biden's about to underwhelm in uh, Michigan uh, tomorrow. So the long knives are out, and you know what that means? It means a choreographed uh, Q&A session on Meet the Press by a certain someone and his certain awesome hairstyle. Uh, back right after this, say, hey, how was your weekend, you? Hey, you. Uh, 800-465-8770. I don't really care. I mean, that's just, just checking the texting. Uh, lots of stuff to explain. <clears throat> um, and, like, I got to explain free trade and the Murex right after the same 770 KTTH. KTTH, an outrageous murder of a student at the University of Georgia. Uh, the suspect in custody is Jose Antonio Ibarra from Venezuela. And the uh, press is trying real hard to uh, keep it out of the news that he and his brother <clears throat> uh, were interacted with at the border because they came here illegally and they claimed asylum. Then in the uh, interim, uh, Mr. Ibarra uh, had a DUI, uh, had a failure to appear, several other interactions that would have rendered him immediately deportable, except for certain executive orders. And they're really putting on a full court press to uh, keep that from coming out. Um, so, I mean, make no, you know, do not be uh, deceived by that. It, it's a real thing. And it's part of the story and it's being suppressed, shall we say. Because they don't like that in the debate right now because, well, because of stuff. However, there is, and this is where they're going to get a phone call. Where is it? Opponents of the president's support for Israel's war in Gaza are are registering their protest tomorrow in Michigan by voting uncommitted. Apparently that's a choice there. Uh, and in the West Wing, and this is from the party paper, the... Uh, 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 New York Times, as the election comes into focus, pressure builds in the West Wing. The presidency has always been a pressure cooker, but some of the Biden administration see wars, age, family stress, and another race against Donald Trump combining with unusual force, and it's hitting hard. And I don't think he would do well with any one of those, but it, it's hitting pretty hard uh, to the point where they do have plan. They're, already, they're retrotting plan B out. And I don't know. Have you ever been, producer Greg, you have a family. 
Have you ever been to a Hollywood studio tour? Or Hollywood d- studio or, tour. Or, or uh, a stunt stuntman show at a county park or state I've, state I've been state to Universal Fair. Studios. I saw the oh, okay. house where they filmed Psycho. Did you see the Muddy Morphin Power Rangers live show? I missed that one. There, okay. Gavin Newsom and Kristen Welker on Meet the Press has slightly less spontaneity than the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers choreographed fight, a thoroughly choreographed stuntman show where they literally sit there and they'll break it down. Now, I'm going to come across to his left, and he'll block my fist, and then he'll uh, he'll counter with a punch to my face, but he'll never contact me. You see those? They'll talk you through, and then they, they do it real time, and you go, whoa, Bring that, it on. that looks like a real fight right there. Uh, okay. Here's this is where I, so much was revealed to me over the weekend that uh, Trump is going to win the primary. There is a bigger pitch though because the the DNC sees two big vulnerabilities that with all these Republicans saying they wouldn't vote for him if he had a conviction in the felony cases, which is why they're fast tracking the federal one. <clears throat> so if they have a good feeling about a vulnerability. Because they know that the more exposure Biden gets, the less people are going to be enthusiastic about voting him, voting voting for him. So they have to get Plan B out and ready, and got to get him worked up and and the whole thing. I'll play. I I laughed out loud when when Trump introduced Lindsey Graham on Saturday night, and the crowd booed him. It's in South Carolina. He's a senator. But uh, so anyway, <clears throat> um, I think it's been revealed because. This is a setup. Off camera, Kristen Walker's producers on Meet the Press and Gavin's people arrange the questions. And then Kristen's going to ask, what about all this talk about you replacing Biden? And then uh, Newsom will interrupt or react loudly uh, and, you know, and laughing off that suggestion. I mean, it's got that kind of choreography to it. And, and also the acting on the part of Newsom, <clears throat> because a friend of mine texted me and said, are you watching MTP? And I'm like, of course not. My internet's out. And, um, and, and they said classic Gavin. And you can tell when he's acting. Like, for instance, they'll drive him to the scene of a wildfire. And he gets to wear the, the, new, uh, the new rugged uh, governor's field jacket. <clears throat> and they'll say, okay, the town was named Paradise. And Pacific Gas and Electric murdered 86 people because their transformer from 1905 burned on a windy day. So you need to show uh, grief, concern, gravitas, and promise that something's going to change in the future, whatever. That literally is what he does. And he then he gets out of there and he says, electric vehicles, still the future. You know, whatever. It's, it's performative. And I'd never seen it laid down so thick. Including, you know the thing when you're mad and you do the I'm mad at you smile? Come on, Greg. Do it to me right Answer, now. Oh, oh, you is. know that one? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he does that. You know that Trump? Yeah, if I get on the stage with him. And <clears throat> nothing said to me that he is plan B and plan B is now plan A1, depending on what happens in Michigan and all that. that Because that, uh, the louder he denies it. The, the more likely, I, I think it's true. But if you see the video, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. This looks like a kid saying, "I, what do you mean the cookie jar is half full? What's uh, that? I'd be concerned. But what do you mean? What do you mean you're missing a five dollar bill 
or whatever. I mean, that's exactly what it, what he looks like during this this uh, completely unrehearsed exchange. Let's talk about you, Governor. Days after that special counsel report came out questioning the president's age and his memory, the Washington Post reported that anxious Democrats reached out to top Biden donors to ask, quote, when is Gavin getting in? Or how about Whitmer? Or- and then, of course, now he's he's shaking his head. Oh, stop it. Did they mention my hair? He's just like, oh, no, this is no, just cut out the question now. Shapiro. The buzz has not stopped. I know you've been asked this before, but do you still rule out a run in 2024? Are you got to be kidding? I am here celebrating the extraordinary accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration, making the case that we need to make to lift up the issues, lift up the record, drive contrast with the Republican nominee to be. That sounds totally spontaneous for a dyslexic guy. But uh, so so uh, anyway... You, you you get the vibe of what I'm saying. He's a little too complimentary, but he's supposed to be out there. He's in D.C. because he doesn't have to worry about Octopus's Farms or whatever. Um, he, so he's in D.C. to be available and what luck. Someone did his hair and the whole thing. But um, no, this is just uh, this is just noise. It's white noise. And I'm just focused on how awesome the country is right now. Well, Trump, Have you gotten so that any we can calls? win for four more years. Have you gotten any calls, Governor? Well, every, you to run? It's all idle chatter. It's all irre- it's You know what? That's a sideshow. I think what Democrats need to do is worry less, do more, continue to overperform as we have, continue to. <laughs> See, he's on brand. You know, by the way, I'm not, uh, I'm not, not real big on my Yiddish or Hebrew, but what's Mishigash? I'm guessing it's like higgledy piggledy or something like that. I've, I hadn't heard it until right. he opened his uh, beautiful, beautiful pie hole yesterday. When make the case, don't be ashamed of 4.1 percent GDP over the last two quarters. Don't be ashamed about the alliance management of the Biden Harris administration. Don't be timid about right. making the case for the record of this administration. So you're ruling it out 100 percent. It's not even an interesting conversation. That's how you know. Yeah, it is. And that's how you know he's already he knows that he's the guy. And, okay. and by the way, I think it's a damning conversation. Frankly, the other side wants us to have. And trust me, I know the Michigash coming from the other side. I'm deep. It's Michigash is what it is. So so that that's the deal. I mean, that locked it for me when I saw that early this morning. That that's a guy who knows the future. And, and by the way, it, you know anyone who thinks they're going into deep politics about well, yeah, well, what do you do with Kamala Harris? She knows better than anybody else that she's above her station, especially standing next to uh, Gavin Newsom because she stood next to him before, and she knows uh, that she's not the guy. And, and also, why has Biden been out to California? What twice in three weeks? It's not just to get money, but to to hear from people, the same people that are writing him checks wish they would write bigger checks for Gavin. Mishigas. Mish- yeah, what is, what's the definition? Mishigas. Is that Google Yiddish Translate? for craziness, senseless behavior, or activity. It makes sense, you know. I and, thought he put a gosh with an O-S-H on the end. I think he got the term wrong. Oh, really? That might be a 415 thing. Mishigas. Yeah, I know the, the British, the English equivalent is higgledy-piggledy conversation and by the way i think it's a damning conversation frankly the other side wants us to have and trust me i know the michigash come i'll iso that yeah the michigan the michigan so you're saying it's what it's not michigash it's a double s on the end oh michigash yeah he took a chance and i think he got it wrong he's not in the tribe he said it with confidence though yeah he sure did he's not he's not in the tribe have and trust me i know the michigash yeah not, not in the tribe you wait till I bounce that off my agent. I'll get a correct uh, pronunciation for you. 
Um, well, uh, yes, because what, what, what people are seeing with like an asylum seeker from Venezuela murdering a nursing student in Georgia, one guy signed all of the executive orders to change all the Trump policy that would not have let that guy in, or at least he would have been deported after the DUI. We'll, we'll hear from uh, Mr. Sharp on that Yes, right now you can come, they come through the border on asylum. They don't not able to see an asylum officer. They get a bracelet and they get put in the country and they get come say come back in seven years. Yeah, whose fault is that? And yes, who could who could sign a, uh, a document today that would change that? Uh, well, that guy is building a cabin in the woods. The problem is the woods are in a city park on Beacon Hill, and he has a he has a front end loader. He, or, I mean, a uh, like like a backhoe on a on the full spinning uh, cabin or whatever. How does this happen? Uh, well, first, be a lunatic. Second, be in Seattle. Uh, so we'll get to that in here in just a second. I'll explain why the Murex was artificial intelligence, 5th century BC. Back in a second, AM 770 KTDH. Somebody KTTH. Are you a big fan of the Shepherd's Pie, producer Greg? Uh, not Shepherd's Pie, but the other one. The one that uses beef instead of like veal or whatever. Well, I'm I'm talking about the the maybe maybe I'm thinking of a Canadian version of it or whatever. But I my grandma used to make it up in Victoria before she went you know that way, and uh, I mean to the big D. Um, and it was in a crust. It was like a turkey pot pie. So she would buy those and put the shepherd's pie in there and including the mashed potatoes on top, then bake it in a pastry. And then what I remember, because to me, Victoria was really cold. It was it, it weren't Oahu, is that when she served it, she would flip it upside down out of the pie t mini pie tin. And that was the cool part was then you had a crust and the whole thing. You know, I had a good shepherd's pie this uh, weekend, but it didn't have a crust on it. And I'm I'm seeing on the best on classic shepherd's pie, they don't have a crust on them. I was thinking of cottage pie. What and what the hell? They're is that? very similar. Uh, cottage <clears throat> pie is with beef, and human being, and shepherd's pie. Is, I think with veal. I don't want to speak out of turn. Yeah, because I I my grandma when she made it, she made it with lamb, with cubed lamb. Mm -hmm. And boy, were they would they not shut up. <laughs> and, uh, but it was good. It was, you know, and the, the term that springs to mind, savory. Savory, like sticking your tongue in A1, you know, or something like that. But it was uh, it was really good. But anyway, the one I had was really, really good. Not at the restaurant that I, so, that I eviscerated with my one-sentence review, <laughs> which I get, watch people copy that, by the way. Okay, so AI and are we at a fulcrum of history? Well, I bet we are, but rarely do people um, in history go, wow, this is a fulcrum, unless you're like at Las Cruces, New Mexico, and you go, what was that, an atomic bomb? What was that deal? That seems like a thing. 
So, you know, it, it, we're few of us are fortunate enough to know when we're at a fulcrum of history. And so <clears throat> is AI that? So I'm, I'm talking with a friend of mine who is a uh, an autodidact, a, a, a student of ancient history and, and where empires, uh, you know, interact. Like, like whenever I say, well, you know, where's Carthage these days? You know, and I'm talking about the Pacific between America and China as a, a redo of something that was done uh, in the second century BC between Rome and Carthage. Uh, so there's that. Um, and we're talking about, well, how ancient empires that rose to the peak of their powers, what did they develop? Well, they developed groundbreaking technology or skill that no one else could come up with. And like, for instance, um, the most expensive, exclusive color and the color of your fabric, it's really weird. You know, the mileage of your car is a big deal in 2024 or, you know, what? whatever, the model of your phone or whatever. In the third century BC, the Phoenicians were on top because of a couple of things. But one of them was they had the skill of dyeing fabric purple and they could charge more because gold was just an ore in the earth that <clears throat> maybe melted near the campfire. You got a whole bunch of that, melted it again, melted, got impurities out of it, and then you got a really shiny metal. But it really was nothing until you could make something out of it. And that came in the hands of a skilled artisan who would make, you know, goggles or whatever, you know. So anyway, it's um, it's, it's finding something like AI. But in this case, it was, um, and this might be news to many of you, this is the part where maybe having your kids in the car is a good thing. Because you're going to learn about the Murex. And that's not a, a some obscure sock exchange. That would be a carnivorous sea snail. And I know what you're saying. You're saying a sea snail never snuck up on anyone and ate them. Well, guess what, other snail? The murex was a toxic eastern Mediterranean snail. And and I'm giving you its Latin name before anyone, you know, spoke Latin in an organized fashion. But the Phoenicians knew how to extract... Because the purple was from the mucus, the toxin, and the Phoenicians knew the secret of how, how to get the concentrated purple out of the murex. And the secret was either tickle, <laughs> tickle the snail, <laughs> that really is honestly one of the things, or smash the shell. And also imagine a conch or conch. Imagine a conch, because that's a snail in there, and that at its narrow pointy end, it goes out like half a foot, and that contains a needle, right? So, ha-ha, I'm a snail, and I nailed you. Um, so anyway, they found the secret of extracting from the brain of the snail the dye, the mucus. And from that, they could rehydrate it with seawater, and they could dye fabric. And that for that fabric, people would all around the Mediterranean would, would pay all kinds of money. But it didn't do any good to go through a middleman because the Phoenicians were the middleman. And besides, they had another secret. And this is this is where this is where when you get into how do civilizations build wealth, um, th this this is you start seeing a pattern. So some craftsmen have figured out how to dye fabric. People bring fabric to them and pay them for the fabric, but they're not allowed to see where the dye came from. Okay, that's part of part of the civilizational secret. <clears throat> and then the the Phoenicians had said at that point, well. 
What are we doing dying other people's stuff? Let's die our own stuff, but then let's sail it to them directly. Instead of them swinging by the Mediterranean saying, here, you know, dye my underwear or whatever. Um, and, and so that brings into another technology that the Phoenicians discovered. And, uh, and it's not just writing. I mean, writing, you know, we, you know, it's, I mean, that would have invented itself, right? But the Phoenicians gave us writing. Um, and the, the Greek word for writing is biblos. And that's why it's called the Bible. And by the way, I don't get, even though the Bible doesn't have hard dates, I don't give it short shrift. It's generally pretty accurate about your Nebuchadnezzars and your Jezebels and the whole thing. Boy, she didn't come to a good end. Hey, this is library. Yeah, look up Jezebel. Wow. Um, anyway, um, so <clears throat> the Phoenicians, to get their own stuff, their, their own stuff that they invented, they found one, one dying um, uh, center uh, in Lebanon with a hundred well, about a 300 foot tall pile of murex shells. I mean, that's how industrial this was to get because when you have a thing and people will pay you for the thing, you want to make more of a thing. It's no different than today. But how do you get this thing across the Mediterranean to the Italians who will pay for this purple fabric? Well, the Phoenicians were the first people. And I don't know, I don't, I don't speak for Peru. I, I don't know what you're doing in Vietnam, but the Phoenicians in the Mediterranean, someone looked up several nights in a row and they said, anyone ever notice that one star never moves? That one star is always there. And they're like, well, duh, because the stars are moving around us and that one's always there. No, well, well, you know what? What if we're moving under the stars? Ever think of that? Houston, we have a problem. So they discovered the pole star. And they said, you know what, day or night, if you point the bow at that thing, you're going north. Uh, you know, off by maybe 10 or, or, or 16 degrees. But by and large, you're going north. If you go to the, to the left of it, you're going northwest. So the Phoenicians discovered how to deliver their goods to market and, and what, the, what the immediate, what their value was. And also then other Phoenicians were discovering well, if I get there faster with more purple fabric, I can I can sell more of it, you know, uh, for a higher price. And then when people realize the demand's gone down, the next boat, you know, is basically a cost. So anyway, does that sound like, do I sound like someone you'd want to sit next to at a bar? <laughs> I feel like I'm there right now. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, uh, or, or, I, another double. or a bookstore or, or wherever someone would have such a conversation about that. But we're trying to place artificial intelligence because real human beings are being hired, you know the the Nvidia's uh, their their factory is uh, like in Santa Clara in California, <clears throat> um, and it is the hot place to work right now because you're getting stock shares, and that stock has gone crazy um, in in the past eight months ever since I said you should buy it. Uh, the other what the other piece of strategic good news, bad news for China, but the other piece of strategic good news is that the TSMC has opened a factory in Japan. What's that, Radius Brian? That's the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. That's that's not a government thing. It really is a private company that sounds like a government thing. But the TSMC is the crown jewel on the island of Taiwan. Now it's less crown jewelly because there's another one that's going to be uh, equally as significant in the in the world of semiconductors, and it's going to be in Hapon. Um, and so as the Japanese age, 
there's a greater proportion of non-Japanese working in Japan than ever, and now they have one more place to uh, to work. So anyway, that wraps up uh, Science Corner. Uh, when we come back, next is Craft Corner. There's a guy who was arrested for having a, a front, a front, a little mini uh, bucket scooper on Capitol Hill, on Beacon Hill. Sorry about that. I'd never heard of this park. It's got an off-leash area, and it's got a phenomenal view. But this guy's building a cabin there, and City of Seattle, besides arresting him a few times, is doing nothing about it. Does he get eminent domain? I mean, is that all you got to do is bring a little mini, uh, you know, bobcat to a park? Okay, but my hand's up for point defiance on that one. But that and uh, some mayhem around the Pacific Northwest. And wait a minute, did I hear you say there's going to be a Washington State as a legislature bill banning industrial octopus farming. You heard me right. Mark this date on the calendar. Victory for Octopi. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. And if you don't need to go anywhere, probably a good idea not to.